Welcome, Rebels, to episode 139 of the Rebel Rising podcast. Have you ever had a problem in your business that no matter how hard you tried to solve it, it just keeps rearing its ugly head again and again. Maybe you can't escape the feast and famine cycle of your business, or you launch with a whisper instead of a roar, or you stop yourself from launching your next big thing altogether. Our guest today, Nicole Lewis-Kieber, believes if you have a problem that crops up again and again, you don't need another coach or course or membership program. What you do need is to get in touch with your inner kiddo. What's your inner kiddo and why are they sabotaging you like that? That's exactly what we talk about in this episode of the show. But before we get there, let me tell you a little bit about Nicole. She holds a master's degree in social work and is a licensed clinical social worker. She has combined her experience as a therapist and a mindset coach to assist entrepreneurs in revealing the blocks and blind spots in their business that have origins from their past. Nicole's work guides people to release their underlying barriers to having a business they love and that loves them back. She guides her clients through targeted approaches so that they can master their mindsets, heal their heart, empower their future, and make some damn money. Nicole lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with her husband, Jason, and three fat, happy cats. Enjoy the show and the journey from inner kiddo to CEO. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons, and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of three-word rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you because I am a big fan of your work. I think it is very impactful, and I know we're going to have a great conversation today. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is why did you decide that your business needed a three-word rebellion? I think it needed a three-word rebellion to, to stand out and to differentiate in a way that I hadn't seen before. Plus, it is kind of a kind of running out front a little bit with my topic. So I think it needed to have a little bit of rebel energy to it as well. A three-word rebellion made a lot of sense for me because it's a complex topic that just brought down into a very short three-word rebellious yell. (laughs) That's amazing, right? That changes things and it gets people's attention in a way that I certainly need with this topic. So... Yes, yes. And as you'll find out in just a moment, there's kind of an easing in with Nicole's topic. (laughs) And and we had to strategically think about that. So let's kick off and talk about what are you rebelling against, Nicole? I was thinking about this. I'm like, gosh, I'm rebelling against so much. Um, (laughs) I'm rebelling against people's experience and their emotions being distilled down to something that it's not. Meaning, I always say, let's call a thing a thing. My topic is trauma. And so there's something freeing about rebelling against calling something stress, overwhelm, burnout. So I'm rebelling against that. 
I'm also rebelling against, you know, an industry belief that, you know, when you start a business that you leave who you are at the door and that you don't bring any of your stuff with you and that that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's not true. So tell me a little bit about how you first figured out that there was a connection between trauma and the issues that happen in our business. You know, my three word rebellion is pretty much from inner, you know, from inner kiddo to CEO. There's a little bit more outside of it, but you know, what it really boils down to is that I began to see when I was working with um, my clients that there was more there than mindset. As someone who was a therapist for 18 years, I have a master's degree in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I was in a clinical setting of some kind for at least 18 years, sometimes as a psychotherapist, sometimes clinical supervisor. And when I left the therapy field to work as a mindset coach, I started out doing money mindset. What I realized is that um, we weren't always talking about a mindset shift. We were actually talking about a symptom of trauma that had shown up in that person's business. I'm pretty sure the people who were attracted to working with me for mindset coaching knew I was a therapist and they felt a little bit safe to do some of this work or reveal some of these things. Mm -hmm. So what we began to look at was how those experiences that they had as a child were being replayed or reenacted in their business. So that's where that inner kiddo to CEO comes in, that it's a way to approach how small T trauma from your childhood can set up in your business without your knowledge. So I kind of kept waving that flag and saying, hang on, (laughs) everybody's telling people just to flip their switch for a mindset change or you just need to look at it differently. And, and I'm starting to bang the drum saying, no, th- this is actually a trauma response. People can't just flip a switch on that. And I'm kind of tired of people feeling bad about themselves because they can't flip the switch to make you happy. Yeah. Can you tell me or give us an example of how trauma can show up in a business to make it more concrete? When I talk about trauma, let me just define that a little bit so people understand. So as a society, we've been pretty much trained to see trauma only as these big T traumas, which are things like post-traumatic stress, violence, catastrophic illness, things that are kind of big. Whereas many, many people have what we call small t trauma and what it is is traumatic experiences that are cumulative that we've had as a child that maybe we were bullied maybe we were food insecure you know Mm -hmm. maybe uh, we had one parent who didn't believe in us you know whatever that may be like my small t trauma was having a learning disability growing up one of them was that i had a learning disability and so small t traumas they start to change how we see ourselves gradually it's a cumulative experience that we have. I always say big T trauma explodes, small T trauma erodes. Mm. We are, right? Yeah. And that creates a resilience factor. So, so many of the people that I know that are entrepreneurs in particular have this really high level of resilience that has compelled them to start their own business, to be entrepreneurial because it created this resilience, this need to think out of the box to be their own employer because they want to work for someone else, to be a problem solver and to have this high level of ability to manage high levels of stress and discomfort. What happens is you create this business, right? And so one of the examples, I'm getting there, I promise. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) So one of the examples that I've seen in particular around how trauma sets up in in your business is inability to trust. So we can only do our business so long, right, on our own backs. Like we need other people. We need to hire an employee. We need to 
maybe even bring a partner on. And that eroding of trust that happened over those traumatic, those years as a child that become traumatic, they get triggered when we need to rely on someone in our business. It could even be a contractor, a VA, whoever it is, but it's someone that you need to rely on to do something for you. And relying is the behavior of trust. And if your trust has been challenged, that's where I see it come to a head a lot and where a lot of people I talk to jump in with me because they realize that they have recreated some pattern or that they can't trust their employees. And so they, they're challenged. Yeah. Well, and I know as we began to talk about this topic, it was, I think it's an aha for people because I knew it was an aha for me mm-hmm. that, oh, yes, I did have a lot of small T trauma growing up and even some big T after I talked with you, I was like, oh, okay, I see that now. And I never made the connection of how that was really playing out for me and how I wasn't showing up or not being visible with my work because, you know, I believed that it was fundamentally flawed because that's how my parents treated me. Mm -hmm, And, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, Yeah, I think it's part of our nature to push trauma away and to to totally discard like any of the smaller T trauma that we had in our lives. Absolutely. And you know, one of the easiest ways to kind of look at this, I always tell my clients that I believe that when we start a business, we enter into a relationship Mm -hmm. because we are not our business. So we enter into a relationship with it. And if we've had challenging experiences around relationships and our role in relationships in our past, we are ripe to recreate that relationship in our business. And it is not uncommon for me to see people who have created a perpetrator out of their business, that that the business has become that person that was demanding and demeaning to them, that was abusive to them. And so we recreate patterns of our trauma in our business. It's often an easier way to look at it is like what relationship and what role in the relationship am I playing here? That's a way in sometimes for people to really start to see it like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yep, I could do nothing right for my dad. And that's exactly how I feel about my business. Or, you know, I had an ex who told me I wasn't smart, you know, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. they realize that they have defaulted into setting up their business in a way that is demanding and demeaning as opposed to supportive and loving. And I don't know about you, but I started my business to have fun, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and to feel supported and to do something really cool in the world, not to feel like crap about myself once one more time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I started my business because A, I'm a terrible employee. I don't like people telling me what to do (laughs) and to have fun and to work with really cool people and to work, you know, like with my talents. And then all of a sudden, all of these little things crop up. So I know part of the research that you've done, you've seen different patterns of how trauma shows up. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. There's there's some categories because I was doing some research and I spoke to about 50 small business owners who had identified having some kind of small T trauma in their past. They were so nice enough to talk to me to help me test out my, (laughs) my theory here. It tends to show up in our money in our business because our inner worth impacts our outer wealth, right? So Mm -hmm. if we've had trauma that creates a worthiness 
challenge for us. It's going to show up in our bottom line and our money. Like, what are we charging? Are we giving things away? Are we marking that zero off an invoice and then you know, rewriting up whatever proposal that may be? So mm-hmm. it definitely shows up in our bottom line and our business financially. It also shows up in our trust, you know, whether we trust our clients to do what they say they're going to do, trust our employees, trust ourselves. And so the risk that's required to make decisions in our business at some point, it really does impact that. So money, trust, boundaries, <laughs> boundaries, but there's so we could teach a whole class like we're three weeks on boundaries of how boundaries are so important. And if you've had these small key traumas, setting up boundaries First of all, believing you deserve the boundary. Secondly, setting up the boundary. And then third, reinforcing the boundary can be so hard. Mm. And when you think about being a business owner, there's so many boundaries that we need to run a successful business and to have an emotionally sustainable business too. So it shows up around boundaries. And another area that I've seen it come up with a lot is around visibility. You know, you and I, we have to talk about our business. Mm-hmm. We have to sell ourselves. We have to have sales conversations, get on podcasts, stand on stages. And being visible, if you've had some trauma in your background, feels very vulnerable. And it's very terrifying to a lot of people because in the past, visibility and being seen that they were not safe. Yes, yes. So this is a perfect setup, especially if people are, you know, hearing themselves in what you're describing, if there's a struggle with visibility around money, around trust, or all of those things for some of us. Um, What kind of change do you want to create for business owners? How do we start working with these issues? I want us to start solving the right problems, right? Mm -hmm. Routinely, what I see is that someone will have, maybe they're dealing with procrastination. Let's just put that out there. And so what do they do? They go get a time management system or they bring someone in to look at their systems or they get a calendar. They, They use all of these external systems to try and help them with this procrastination when a lot of the time it's actually an emotional challenge it's not a physical challenge and so I see people putting business solutions on their emotional challenges in their business constantly mm-hmm. they've got a business coach who's told them something they need to do or you know not not knocking business coaches are great it's just sometimes we're solving the wrong problem it's frustrating because you're not getting where you want to go so that's what I would love is for people to start solving the right problem. And that sometimes a reframe or a mindset shift from reading a book or maybe taking a webinar isn't enough. You know, that if the mindset shifts are not working for you, it could be that there's something else that needs to be addressed and that that's why it's not working. And that there's no shame in that, but we are so driven and, and we are so boxy, you know, in how we look at things and we don't make room for that. And what that leads into is my rebellion is, you know, from inner kiddo to CEO, because when we're willing to look at these things, what we do is we start to recognize, oh my goodness, you know, when I'm feeling this way about a client or I'm feeling triggered, it's actually my inner seven-year-old who had some experience where they felt, you know, demeaned or Mm -hmm. othered in some kind of way. And when we have these experiences, they create what I call your internal board of directors, which are all these inner kiddos that had these experiences where they felt wounded or other in some kind of way running your business. And so someone comes in again, gives you a business solution when it's really a seven-year-old inside of you having a tantrum. (laughs) 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 And that's not going to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, a Facebook ads course is not going to fix your inner kiddo having a tantrum. (laughs) 
Absolutely not. So you, you know, getting to know those parts of yourself and seeing how are they, you know, on that board of directors internally, that's kind of derailing you from the processes that you need and the place that you want to go in your business and starting to identify, okay, so I, we all have this wise part of ourselves, you know, this part that we can connect with that is, that knows everything's going to be okay and can see beyond those triggers. That's our inner CEO. So we can move from those inner kiddos running our board of directors mindlessly and, and through triggers into a place where we're intentional and we have a relationship with ourselves fully. Then we know what we need in our business, but we have been taught to drop ourselves at the door of our business. And that's not how it works. We bring all of us to the table, right? Mm -hmm. All of our experiences in their shadow and in their light. <laughs> They're yeah. all here. And so we need to know them. So we need know how to manage them because we don't drop our baggage at the door. When we start a business. We, everybody comes. Yeah. And I wanted to highlight something because I think this is really important for people who are listening to this conversation, that if you find that you are having the same problem again and again and again and again in your business and you try to like throw another business coach at it, another course at it, another course at it, and it doesn't go away, then that's the time they really need to talk to Nicole. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because there are these categories I explained, you know, about how mm -hmm. these things show up. Um, but most of the time, we haven't even really labeled the experiences we had, you know, appropriately. We just say, oh, I just had a bad childhood. Or, you know, we just minimize, minimize, minimize. And those patterns show up that we recreate them in new arenas. And our business is a new arena. And I totally believe that you can heal yourself through your business if you know it's a possibility. Yes. Oh, I love that, that you can heal yourself through your business if you know it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So my final question for you, because we've covered a lot, like the different types of trauma, how it relates to our business. We've talked about the inner kiddo. So how can we start to partner with our inner kiddos to bring them to the table so that we can step into the CEO role? We all know what it feels like to be triggered by something. You know, your heart starts to raise and you start to tell yourself some story about what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So we all know what that feels like. And usually that is a trigger in our kiddo. It can be 7, 10, 16. Like I have my inner, one of mine, Sadie, she's 16 and she thinks everything is stupid. So for, <laughs> That's for me, year old. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. So I recognized her and finally, you know, figured out who she was because everything that I was trying to do to move my business forward that required me to be with other people like networking, she would show up and say, this is stupid. Um, and, you know, send me to the corner to do no networking. <laughs> so if you see these patterns and you're noticing them and you're feeling that trigger, it's probably some experience that you've had in your past that's showing back up. It's probably one of those inner kiddos, as I call them, showing you something that they need. And what have we been taught? We've been taught to shut down, like we call it the inner critic. Mm -hmm. We've been told ourselves to shut it down, shut it up, slay it, kill it, fire it. It doesn't go away. <laughs> if you pause, take a breath, and just say, who is this? <laughs> what do you need right now? You are going to start to learn about who they are and what they need from you. And then you can start to partner with them. So I mentioned Sadie. Sadie does not come with me to networking groups. Sadie gets dismissed. But when I need to step on a stage and feel sassy and determined about my three-word rebellion, Sadie's right there with me. Mm. That's how you partner. But you got to get to know them first. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and when I was doing some of this work, I realized that I had, she's probably about seven years old. And we had this experience where I had a lot of visibility. Like I was on stage reading a poem and leading my whole entire school in the Pledge of Allegiance. And then my parents got divorced that summer. And so that my inner kiddo just associated with being visible and seen and known and applauded meant that something terrible was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And until I was able to be like, oh, sweetie, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I see like that's a huge problem and invite her in and then tell her to go play or do something else when I'm going to be visible. It made it so much easier for me to show up. It's so important because when we decide to do this and show up, we don't ask them. We bring them with us. We kind of drag them along and Of course, they're going to act out and act up because we didn't ask for permission or even say, we got to do this, but what do you need for it to be more palatable for you Mm -hmm. or whatever that is? So, you know, just that loving kindness that you just gave her to say, oh, sweetie, I, this is hard. I know you don't have to be here for this. Go play. Yeah. It's, It's such a loving and nurturing way to partner with them, you know, so that they can get on board for this big audacious goal we have for ourselves and our business. Yeah. So what's next for you and what's next for inner kiddo to CEO? Yeah. So I was so happy to be able to look at it in those terms because so, you know, it's so much fun to walk up to people and go, did you know that trauma impacts your business? That's not fun. (laughs) That's very heavy. (laughs) Right. It is. So part of what was coming up is more research around that more writing around that and more fun around the inner kiddo to CEO processes for that, you know, and writing more using that three word rebellion to be able to get people's attention without triggering them to run the other way. So this is really a fine line and being out here kind of in no man's land by myself saying trauma impacts our business. Did y'all know this? I need some way to make it a little bit more user friendly. So I'm going to be talking more and more about that inner kiddo to CEO process and what that looks like. So you're going to see more writing, more stuff. (laughs) Awesome. So where can people find you online so that they can tap into your awesomeness and your brilliance around inner kiddo to CEO? Well, they can always find me at my website, which is nicole.lewis-keeper.com. And there's actually an assessment on there called a relationship, business relationship assessment. Again, no sexy terms here. Um, So if you're curious about what your relationship with your business might be, feel free to go download that and go through the workbook and, and you'll be pretty surprised, you know, what you come up with. You can follow me at Facebook, which is Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching. And I am also on Instagram, which I think is nicole.lewiskeeper. Oh, and I write a lot of articles on Medium as well. Okay, so we'll hook those up in the show notes. And Nicole, I just wanted to thank you so much for doing this work because it is important. It is transformative for the people you work with and for all of us business owners. So thank you so much for being on the Rebel Rising podcast. Oh, I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser. Rebel Riser.